This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I first uh, spotted this uh, this news via Twitter 22 hours ago, thanks to our friend John Jackson, who join, uh, joins us every Tuesday on this show. Uh, he said this with regard to this Montana GOP resolution, basically disavowing uh, former Governor uh, Mark Roscoe. Uh, John Jackson summed it up this way. Uh, the Montana GOP taking out some of our rhino garbage. So the Montana GOP taking out the rhino trash, according to John Jackson, with this resolution uh, that was uh, shared uh, via one of the Lee newspaper reporters uh, on Twitter. Basically, in this in this resolution, the Montana GOP uh, makes it clear that Mark Roscoe is not considered to be is not considered by the Montana GOP to be a Republican. That he not that he cannot claim with any authority to speak on behalf of Montana Republicans, and that he does not have the support of the Montana GOP. But it's kind of funny to see some of the reactions uh, from this. Uh, John Muse was a Democrat candidate, I think, for uh, for United States Senate. In the last go around, he's now saying that uh, that basically, oh, this is the uh, the neo fascist takeover of the Montana GOP. So the the Montana GOP puts out a statement, basically listing out all the Democrats and the radical leftists that Mark Roscoe has supported and endorsed, and all the ways that Mark Roscoe has basically uh, turned to the dark side, shall we say here. And, and but because they have disavowed Mark Roscoe, uh, these Democrats are freaking out. Uh, they they will tell you how much they love Mark Roscoe, and they'll call the the new GOP neo fascists over this. And so I just I I had to respond via Twitter a few minutes ago, and I'm like, hmm, okay. So could you now uh, cover mask mandates? Could you cover the shutdown of churches? Because wow, you you guys want to call anybody? on in the conservative movement a fascist when we're the ones that stand against fascism we're the ones that stand for freedom uh you guys are the ones that still force these masks on veterans and nurses and doctors you guys are the ones that kick thousands of troops to the curb you guys are the ones that shut down businesses you guys are the ones that shut down churches you guys are the ones that throw peaceful pro-life protesters behind bars and put the anarchists back out on the streets to attack law enforcement. So who are the fascists here? But but the other thing that's just uh, downright comical about this whole thing was, was how did former Democrat Governor Brian Schweitzer get elected as governor? He got elected as governor campaigning against Mark Roscoe and Mark Roscoe's legacy of deregulation of the electric utility industry. You know, kind of like how Texas deregulated so Enron could bring a bunch of wind power online. Well, the Democrats hated Mark Roscoe and some on the right and some in the middle because of deregulation. But now the same, we hate Mark Roscoe and we hate deregulation. Now they love Mark Roscoe because he backs their their big government agenda and their radical Supreme Court candidates and so much more. Anyway, pretty pretty comical all around. Uh, let's sneak in some of your phone calls here before we get to uh, our guest uh, joining us after the next break. Uh, let's see, who do we got first up on the phone lines this morning? We've got Mary in Billings. Hey, Mary, what's going on? Well, I have a couple questions. Um, there is uh, something about the 37 acres out on the west end 
that they want to make into a park and, and expand it into all kinds of various components. I don't understand it all. Then, number two, did anyone listen to Mark Levin last night? I was quite upset with what one of the commentators, Betsy McGaugh from the New York Post, she's a columnist, she was telling about that on the new bill that they passed in Congress, they can build high-rises anywhere, and they can take your property uh, it was very disturbing, anyway. Interesting. Yeah, I, I missed Levin's program last night. Uh, but I, one of our listeners, though, uh, Rain and Billings, was telling me that uh, last week Mark Levin was detailing uh, the BlackRock connections to the railroad responsible for this uh, uh, train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. So I want to track down uh, that audio for sure. Uh, if anybody uh, has a, 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 a link straight to it, obviously, if you try to Google these things and search on the Internet, it's going to be a challenge. Now, when you were talking about the the parcel on the west end of Billings, are you talking about uh, the uh, the you know the uh, the gravel pit that they're eventually going to turn into uh, kind of a, a small lake and kind of turn it into no, a? We, we're paying for that lake already on our public utilities. No, this yeah. is something new. Oh, okay. I ran across an article that someone in Kansas City is taking a. I should just bring the paperwork down to your office, and you guys can take it from there. Yeah, or or shoot a quick email if you want, Aaron. I don't have email. You don't have email. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I have foot and foot and walk. <laughs> that's, that's good. Anyway, I I hope someone can give you the information on Mark Levin because he had quite a very interesting program, probably the best. I watched it twice, and uh, I took some, some notes, but I'm not the best. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I, I did see, I know uh, one of the topics he was covering last night I saw in the Fox News First newsletter this morning was he was basically uh, talking about how how uh, the the Biden administration is trying to remove attorney-client privilege for former President Donald Trump and basically how it's just another example of, of the way the Biden administration and the left is trying to strip away all of our constitutional uh, all of our liberties, all of our constitutional rights, uh, and and also a sign of their uh, Trump derangement syndrome. All the problems facing this country, uh, and uh, and yet they're still uh, trying to crucify uh, Donald Trump. Uh, all right, hey, thanks for the call. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about uh, that train derailment in Ohio, and now Democrat Senator Jill Manchin going after the Biden administration for the lack of response in East Palestine. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, our our uh, previous caller from Billings was talking about uh, Mark Levin's program last night. He did an interview with former New York Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy, and uh, apparently she did this uh, piece, this op-ed for the New York Post. Anyway, I pulled the clip up. Mark Levin was just asking her, okay, what is the Biden administration doing? What have they now set up for this ongoing war on the suburbs? I'll play that for you here in just a few minutes. So uh, thanks to our, our last caller. Uh, thanks to Mary in Billings. 
uh, for sharing that with us here this morning. Uh, first, so let's jump right into it here. We've got a uh, great guest now with us here on Montana Talks, a political strategist, former congressional candidate, and author of Raven's Mantle, Fighting the Betrayal of America. Raven Harrison, great to have you here on Montana Talks. Thanks for being with us this morning. Are you kidding? I am so excited to be there. I'm so proud of Montana. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't even know about the spy balloon. Well done, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. It was just a you know, one of our guys on on the radio station uh, down the hall from us. You know, on just the top forty music station. He was, I think, he was out having a beer on his back porch in Laurel, Montana, and he looks up and says, "Uh, what is that?" And then does a little story on our website about it. And meanwhile, so did the Billings Gazette uh, photographer. Larry Mayer, and then they publish it, yeah. and we had a story, and all of a sudden, boom, they, they expose, uh, you know, what's going on. I, they, they would have never told us about a spy balloon over our heads if it wasn't for, you know, guys like Michael having a beer on his back porch, right? You got that right. I, I got to buy him his next beer, but that's how it's done. <laughs> that is how it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a what a crazy story. And I, and I agree with General Jack Keane uh, on Fox News Sunday yesterday. Is that you know it's a reminder for some of the threat of communist China, but a wake up call for so many so many more out there. I mean, I, I think that's why Joe yeah. Biden is in Ukraine today is because he's trying to he's trying to get people to forget about the threat of communist China. Well, exactly. In Texas, you know, we have a saying that when things go wrong, you send in the clowns at the rodeo. So that's what I feel like you're seeing is, you know, massive distraction. So the head of the EPA is in Africa. Uh, Biden's in Ukraine. And the people in East Palestine are just, you know, screwed. Yeah. Well, you know, I I said it earlier this morning, there was a story that the Daily Wire shared. Uh, Senator Sherrod Brown, I call him, he's like the John Tester of Ohio, where, you know, he, you've got J.D. Vance, who's who's calling out the EPA, calling out the Biden administration for their failed response following this, uh, this train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, and the environmental uh, disaster that is there. And yet, Sherrod Brown is just covering for the Biden administration and the EPA and, and Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. But he was asked a question, would you drink the water? And I don't think he ever actually answered the question. But, but my question is also, why is Joe Biden not drinking the water in East Palestine, Ohio today? Instead, he's trying to distract us with this appearance in Ukraine. Well, correct. And this is all smoke and mirrors because it's what are they what are they not telling us? But here's what we, we don't know is, you know, the, the derailment was on the 3rd of February. We didn't get an answer from Governor DeWine on what was happening to the 5th. That's two days later. Didn't get a response from the EPA until 12 days later. That's what should be more concerning is if this was a hurricane response and it took 12 days to respond to this, and then they do the epic, which is they just, who decided to burn vinyl chloride? It produces, you know, phosphine gas, which they banned in World War One because it was too inhumane uh, to be used. So they have just, this has been an epic disaster, and they're trying to make this about politics and partisan. It is honestly not. It is a failing grade because they're not prepared. We should have asked for the resources ahead of time and been prepared. And instead, we're, we're backpedaling. And if you're Pete Budgeg, it's, oh, we have a 1,000 derailments a, a week, and it's Trump's fault. And, you know, I was out chest feeding, and whatever it is he's doing, you know, he's not managing the supply chain issues. He's 
all over the map, and this is scary and concerning, but it just shows that we have to be diligent. We have to be our own saviors here. Yeah, that's right. I missed this news and until I saw it from our friends at Fox News Radio that connected us with you. Apparently, Democrat Senator Joe Manchin is is going after the Biden administration for the lack of response in East Palestine. You know, a lot of us here in Montana don't realize how there's really kind of that tri-border area there, Ohio, West Virginia, etc. where so yes. you know, you know, so this is a neighboring state and so I think he's worried of the downstream impacts here as well. Well, he is because they've got tributaries that there are six major waterways that are tied to this area in East Palestine. So it is very, very concerning. And he should be, I mean, whether he's got a Democrat or Republican, he should be calling this out. They all should. But we all know the Democratic doctrine of if you don't fall in lock and stop and and speak out, then you're going to be canceled. So proud of, of Senator Joe, but... He has a tendency of getting everybody all worked up and then ultimately caving. So yeah. hopefully he will stay the course on this and see it through. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think eventually he still caves. Eventually he he shows his weakness, but at least he's willing to call out the Biden administration. I, You know, like we have liberals going back to the China spy balloon. Liberal Senator John Tester wasn't saying a peep when that spy balloon was over heads. Meanwhile, elected Republicans like Ryan Zinke and others were saying, shoot that thing down, shoot it down now. But then, Thank you. But now John Tester's trying to look tough, trying to look like he's asking questions, etc. And, and Sherrod Brown... Brown is is he's taking the same John Tester style approach where they're just covering for the Biden administration. And that's what Senator Sherrod Brown in Ohio seems to be doing with Biden on East Palestine. It is. And the story keeps changing with that, with the spy balloon. You and I both know that regardless of how you feel about him, that if the first nylon fiber that had hit U.S. airspace, President Trump would have nuked that thing out of the sky and sent China a bill for the missile. And that's the bottom line. This was all what well, we had to wait till it was over water. Well, it, it began over water. You could have shot it down over the Pacific. So smoke and mirrors, distraction. Now we're having, we've had four derailments and accidents in the last few months. And he's in Ukraine. You know, the border's wide open. It's requiring citizens to be more diligent because every city now is a border city. So this is an epic disaster and now we've got the the gaslighting of finger pointing going when this train was carrying the who's who of toxic chemicals when it derailed and now they're talking about rebuilding it on contaminated soil they're afraid to drink the water somebody made a decision to light this vinyl chloride on fire but nobody is stating who that was and who's going to be responsible for the effects of the phosgene gas i mean it's poisonous at room temperature and they lit it on fire i mean this is and now they're telling people the Reagan didn't Reagan say something about this of uh, the the sentence nobody wants to hear is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they would welcome this at this point because they really had one job. You had one job at FEMA and they can't get it together. So scary times. Yeah, exactly. Well, even, you know, and I would slightly praise FEMA. You know, we had, uh, you know, historic flooding here in the Yellowstone National Park area last summer, and the FEMA administrator herself came and got on the ground. But even there, okay, when it came to dearly beloved Yellowstone National Park, they acted quickly for the park. But what about the neighboring counties and the important agriculture land? Correct. They didn't care about Sweetgrass County and the other outlying counties. Well, but dearly beloved Yellowstone National Park, they sure acted quickly there right yeah we had to protect the tourist destination 
when we should be protecting all of Montana. And that was another thing on the spy balloon. It was going right over our air bases, Maelstrom, Minot, uh, all the air bases and nuclear sites, and I could not believe the political posturing that was going on back and forth. I mean, that had been that would have been target practice if it had gone over Texas. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, Raven Harrison, great to catch up with you. We'll have to get you on the show again. This was fun. Uh, your book, Raven's Mantle, Fighting the Betrayal of America. You got a website or a best way for folks to follow you on social media? Yes, uh, the website is ravenharrison.com, but they can find me on all social media platforms at Raven the Conservative Warrior. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Great to catch up with you. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, all right, we got uh, uh, another couple of guests joining us here in just a couple of minutes. We've got Oli Hedstrom uh, with the, uh, the the Montana State Professional Firefighters. Uh, I've ran into him a couple of times in the state capitol in Helena, and so they want to give our listeners a heads up on some of the things they're working on in the state legislature. So we'll have Oli uh, and the president of the Montana State Professional Firefighters here in just a few minutes. Uh, first, here, uh, I'm going to go back to this uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Uh, this is what uh, our previous caller, Mary in Billings, she asked us, she says, Hey, did you see uh, Betsy McCoy on with Mark Levin last night uh, talking about the war on the suburbs in her New York Post piece? I missed it, so I'm hearing this for the first time along with some of you. Well, the Biden administration and many Democratic governors around the state and Democratic-controlled legislatures are going after a majority of Americans. If you own a single-family home, if you worked years to afford it, and all you wanted is to provide a quiet place for your family to live, a patch of grass, a quiet neighborhood where your kids can play, you've got a target on your back because... The Biden administration, but also these Democratic governors and legislatures are saying to you, you can't have that unless everybody can have that. Doesn't matter whether they've gone to work and earned the money to afford it or not. So starting with the Biden administration, they're demanding that every town in the United States produce an equity plan for what President Obama, who started this quite a few years ago, calls balanced housing. They want every town in the United States to be balanced economically with a certain percentage of uh, very disadvantaged people, 10 percent, and and that every town will look the same. Interesting. She basically just summed up what we've been hearing from Democrats in the legislature. Whenever they talk about affordable housing, affordable housing, why do you think they, they basically do somersaults to try to get this word equity included in, into every single governing document in this state, including our schools. This is their radical agenda that they are pushing. It's not equal opportunities. It's equal outcomes. Remember, they are the party that doesn't want to spread the wealth. They spread the misery. All right, a quick break. More to follow Montana Talks. I'll sneak in Bill and This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Well, we got a couple of great guests who just uh, popped into our Montana Talk studios as they throw the headsets on. Let me sneak in one more quick phone call. Bill in Bridger, uh, listening to KBUL. Bill, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Good, good morning. Uh, every phone call uh, that you've had today and all week long, uh, Evelyn's on there talking about. 
what this god-awful, excuse the expression, president is doing to this country, and nobody's doing anything. Tulsi Gabbard on Jesse's show about a week ago said this this administration hates this country. And I've called now 28 U.S. senators and say, why aren't you impeaching this guy? What in the world is going on? This, These are impeachable offenses, and he, they're doing nothing to protect this country. Heck of a so, lot more right. impeachable than anything they, they actually impeached Donald Trump over. Now, now they, what, what would you tell the folks who would say, okay, hey, why go through the impeachment process if you're not going to get any sort of a conviction out of the United States Senate, especially with liberal hacks like John Tester in there? Well, even Tester's speaking out against this administration only because he knows he's running for election next year. But, you know, still somebody that, that disgusting is going is speaking out against the government. So how bad is it? It's terrible. Well, I would also add this. If if they say that, well, oh, impeachment isn't going to do anything. Well, did impeachment do anything to harm Donald Trump? Did did it increase no. did it increase the negative poll numbers on Donald Trump? Did it play any role in in the negativity directed towards Donald Trump? So so and 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 for those who would say that it didn't, well well or who would say that it did, well then why wouldn't you also run up the negatives if they can get any higher on a Joe Biden or yeah. a Kamala Harris? I did see a story last week though that uh, Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke is one of the first to now start moving forward with an effort uh, to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. Uh, a failure on multiple fronts uh, there as well when we look at our southern border. All right, Bill, great to hear from you. Thanks so much for the phone call. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we'll have more time for uh, for more phone calls coming up uh, later in the 9 o'clock hour as well. A couple of great guests just popped into our studios. We've got George Richards, the uh, president uh, here for the Montana State Professional Firefighters, and then also Oli Hedstrom, who's been working the halls of the Capitol, I believe, for the, the whole legislative session. Uh, Oli, first off, great to see you. I first, uh, first ran into you at the Capitol in Helena way back the first week of January. So good to see you here in studio. Great to be here, Aaron. I'm really humbly being in your studio here. You're a busy guy, so we appreciate your time. Well, that's a nice way of saying my (laughs) my studio is a mess because I have stuff printed out everywhere. But you never know what what topics we're going to end up covering, so you got to try to be ready for everything as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Now, you know a thing or two about fire hoses. Uh, The state legislature has always been described as a bit of a fire hose, especially for the newer lawmakers. What's it been like for you working the halls of the Capitol? What are some of the things you're working on for firefighters across the state? It's been super humbling. Um, I'm a member of a legislative team. There's five of us, all full-time firemen that were selected to go up there and bring issues that affect Montana firefighters to the forefront and be part of with working with these lawmakers in a bipartisan manner. So we've had some great support across both sides of the aisles. Um, two bills we're bringing are Senate Bill 289, which is a tuition waiver for line-of-duty death for police and firefighters. And that's being brought by the good Senator Chris Friedel from right here in Billings. Um, the other one we're working right now is Senate Bill 310, which is a presumptive illness for cancer inclusion bill to include testicular and cervical cancer. And that's being brought by our good friend Jason Small out of Coal Strip, and he's uh, garnered a lot of bipartisan support on that. Yeah, I know uh, you and I, when we caught up in the state capitol, I was kind of, you know, approaching it. I see a lot of this 
from a veteran standpoint. And a lot of the things that the VA and the feds are starting to say, hey, wait a minute, especially with the passage of the PACT Act here recently, covering things more like cancer and toxic exposure. Well, similar deal for our firefighters, whether they're, you know, public land, you know, wildland firefighters or, or your local uh, city firefighters, uh, you know, that are exposed to some of these uh, tox- to this toxic exposure as well. And in, in, in really just the big picture when it comes to first responders, okay, you know, we, we've been so great as, as military veterans, thanks to our Vietnam veterans who, who came before us and fought to make sure that nobody was treated the way they were treated. There's so much that's being done for our military veterans right now. But So I think a lot of us military veterans can see this and say, hey, the you know, our country has stepped up to, to take care of our veterans. But then we also see how, wait a minute, our first responders aren't being taken care of in a similar vein. That's what it seems like some of this legislation really is an attempt to do. Yeah, we're, you know, we're out to protect not only our membership and also the volunteers out there, too, because as more research is coming, we're also finding out that our gear itself has some of those PFAS or forever chemicals, which everybody's seen on the commercials on the TV and the radio. If you've been exposed to firefighting foam, that's also those PFAS are in our protective gear to get it to pass a UV rating. So that research is coming to the forefront that our gear can also be a causative form of cancer, not just what we're exposed to on fires. Yeah, very interesting. We also got uh, George Richards here, who's the uh, president uh, of the organ of the association as well with the Montana State Professional Firefighters. George, are you president for the whole state, or or, or yeah, whole yeah, state. I'm president for the whole state. We have roughly about 843 members. We represent all firefighters that are full time and part time paid, pretty much in all major, uh, larger towns, larger cities in Montana. How, how many people are we talking about when it comes to your membership right now? We're talking about 843. Uh, that includes, we have two organizations, the State Council of Professional Firefighters and the Montana State Firemen's Association, which started back in 18, uh, roughly 1889 is when it was organized, but it, we, um, 1886 was actually the first group of firefighters that got together even before statehood then the yep. first group was getting together yeah what's well, what well, makes sense it was, was a threat then just like it's a threat now uh well you know i yeah big picture so uh Ole was talking about uh senate bill 289 the tuition waiver uh senate bill 310 dealing with uh making sure more types of cancer are covered big picture yeah i, I think when it comes to our first responders not just not just uh focusing on these health issues but you know, there's also things like post-traumatic stress, and I, I know, for example, we've we featured an organization uh, that's out of Big Timber in Florida that takes care of first responders with 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 post-traumatic stress. And the point they made was that in Florida, this guy realized that as a military veteran, he could get treatment for post-traumatic stress, but as a law enforcement officer, if he sought treatment, he could lose his job. And so they fixed that with with then Congressman uh, before he was Governor Ron DeSantis. They fixed that in Florida. And so I I, I think there's a lot of these fixes that need to be made here in Montana now as well. Absolutely. We've uh, recognized the mental health through our first responders, and especially in the firefighters is where we've really concentrated. And we've included um, the rest of the people on the front lines, police, nurses, ambulance personnel and so i mean those are we deal with death day in day out 
whether it's major traumas or just a natural death, those images always stick with us, same with the military. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you think about, you know, what, what scenes you might have seen in combat and somebody, you know, because firefighters are responding almost every almost every emergency call out there, right? And, uh, oh, yeah, Oli Hedstrom, your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, and it's I, it's for us, we, we live in these communities and we're going to be here whether you're a volunteer or a full-time paid guy. We can't really ever leave what we've seen. You know, it's on every corner we drive by. It's in those ghosts or in buildings we've been in. That's right. It's it's inescapable, and it's something we've got a great peer support team here in Billings and across all the other fire departments. We have our CISM program that we have guys that are heavily involved in. What's the CISM program? Um, That's a- critical Incident Stress Management, oh, okay. where after a traumatic call, all the stakeholders and people involved can come in and talk in a mediated environment. Yeah. And we've found great success with that. That's a good point you make because it's hard enough for uh, men and women to leave behind something that they saw or faced in Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria or elsewhere, uh, let alone leaving something behind that happened right down the street from you or maybe at a neighbor's house uh, and, and responding to just some of the most uh, graphic scenes that many of us wouldn't even want to want to imagine. Uh, so the two key bills you're tracking right now, Senate Bill 289 and Senate Bill uh, 310, if our listeners uh, want to jump on board and support, contact their lawmakers. Uh, what other pieces of legislation are you looking at, or what have been some of the other big topics uh, coming before the Montana legislature? We'll start there uh, right after our next break here on Montana Talks. We'll talk more with George Richards, the president for the Montana State Professional Firefighters Association, and also uh, Oli Hedstrom, who is uh, helping to spearhead their legislative efforts in the state capitol in Helena as well. And then coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll have uh, phone lines open for you. Uh, and uh, the latest update on our Montana Highway Patrol trooper who was injured uh, near Eureka. We'll give you the latest on that front as well right after this. Your Morning Expresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. In the 70s, Newsweek and, and, and these climate alarmists, they were telling us that an ice age was coming. That evolved into global warming. Then when that didn't occur, it just became a general climate change issue. New York Times said the most likely rate of rise, some experts say, most of the beaches on the east coast of the U.S. will be gone in 25 years by 2021. It's 2023, in case anybody wants to know. In 2006, Time magazine claimed that the earth was at a tipping point. We all should be very worried. This crap has been shoved down our throats. Our kids have been indoctrinated and lied to. The Green New Deal has nothing to do with anything green. It has everything to, to do with the radical socialism, and they're all lying to us. The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. Do you have more than $50,000 saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? Biden's pro-inflation White House sent billions to Ukraine, burying U.S. in national debt while doing nothing to stop inflation and help our own country. Can your retirement survive crippling inflation and growing debt at the same time? If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, heed the warnings. Do something to protect yourself now. That's why, right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. So call 855-815-GOLD to 
get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you could protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Urban planning is broken, I'm sorry to say, both in the way it actually works and the premise on which it's based. You can't build anything without a plan, we've been told for decades, but the chorus of nodding heads of that statement never acknowledges the statement that should immediately follow, and that is you can't build anything without money either. And so urban planning in practice involves making plans for other people's money. It's fun and it's empowering, but it doesn't work. As we endlessly pat ourselves on the back for building communities to conform with our plans, scores of buildings don't get built because they're rejected by the bureaucrats in charge. At best, those bureaucrats are following plans. Too often, they're voting yay or nay on the whims of their own desires. When it comes to housing, those things that don't get built translate into lower supply and higher prices and rents. What following the plan means in practice is taking the escalator up for housing costs and down for housing affordability. I'm Patrick Barkey. Today, paid for by T-Euro Health. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. All right, just a couple of minutes left here with the Montana State Professional Firefighters Association. George Richards is the president, and Oli uh, Hedstrom is uh, heads up uh, their legislative team. So, Oli, I hear right. So, basically, you still work your your shift as a firefighter, and then you'll you'll go to Helena, work a shift there on behalf of the firefighters, then come back, work some more shifts as a firefighter. That's crazy. The- Yep, that's correct, Aaron, and that's our whole legislative team. There's five of us, two of us out of Billings, one out of Helena, Missoula, and Great Falls. And we, we're we kind of qualified to speak to these issues because we're the ones that actually live them. And we see, like, the public safety issues with regard to supporting bills that will make people move over for emergency vehicles and school buses and all those other public safety bills you'll hear us come out and speak to. Yeah, and uh, George, during the break, you were kind of telling me how really your association got started, you know, even before Montana uh, entered statehood, but there was a massive fire in Butte very early on, and uh, a lot of firefighters lost their their lives, and that's what kind of was started that, hey, we need to have a professional organization and uh, training, et cetera. Correct, Aaron. Uh, yeah, we had an explosion back in 1896 in Butte, uh, and the fire department was well established. The Butte Fire Department, and they were responding to a fire in a warehouse district that stored a large sum of dynamite. And during that firefighting, that explosion happened and wiped out completely, really, the whole fire department, including the WAGs the wagons and the horses um and so the legislature at the time recognized that there was no life insurance no pension anything left for survivors and so they established in the legislature uh, the montana state firemen's association which represents and does the pension and 
life insurance for our current members. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You never know what's going to be thrown your direction, and it's never a, a simple solution sometimes either because, let me take like this train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Okay, well, you you try to put out a fire with this, and it may actually make it worse. You actually need to put a fire out with that. Somebody made the decision to actually light these chemicals on fire, then that turned into something else, and so you, you never know what you might be uh, uh, coming across, but to make sure that that, uh, that those who are left behind in the event we lose somebody is, is critical. And so that's why, yeah, this Senate Bill 310 uh, it seems to be key for, you know, adding new presumptive illnesses into coverage. And then also Senate Bill 289 by Senator Friedel uh, to uh, allow for the Board of Regents to waive tuition and fees for surviving spouses and children. It just seems like the right thing to do. Absolutely. That uh, LODD language for um, extended, whether it's co- college or a trade school is just a great program i mean today marks the fourth year anniversary of a firefighter who was killed in the line of duty out of great falls from cancer exposure on the job and so it's just fitting being here in your studio and talking about it and we've included uh, volunteers in that program too because like you said aaron you don't know what you're running on we don't have all the information when we roll up on a call we they try to do the best and inform us but you know, every second counts, and, and something major can happen. You might not come home that day. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, George and Oli, great to have both of you here in the house with us. If people want to support your efforts, what's the best way to get a hold of uh, either one of you or the Montana State Professional Firefighters? We uh, currently have a Facebook page, Twitter. It's Montana State Council Professional Firefighters. We update, update that constantly. Contacts are on there. And uh, just reach out. Give us a call anytime. All right. Good to see you. Oli, thanks again uh, to you as well. Thank you so much, Aaron. We really appreciate your support in the first responder community and all the hard work these legislators are doing to support us. Well, I saw I was filling a cup of coffee the other day, and I saw it looked like a couple guys with firefighter shirts on. They had just climbed all 23 floors. Well, 22 uh, and so I'm like, man, I need to go climb some stairs with these guys. It sounds like they're raising money for their stair climb team. So, so yep. tell them I want to I want to get some exercise here one of these days.